Before I begin today's episode, I uh, just want to tell you that uh, we are speaking of uh, some illegal substance uh, here in this episode uh, today. So do not try it as illegal in Singapore. Uh, in fact, you will get hanged if you actually bring over 15 milligram in your pocket. So uh, do not try it. And if you listen hard enough, uh, Benny actually tell you the reason uh, why you shouldn't. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 21 of Misfits. This is where I speak to the rebels, the outliers, and the unconventionals in Singapore. Try to see things as how they see it and to learn from them. So some of these individuals include Gina Tao, who started an ice cream cart business and used all their money to buy a BMW all under the age of 22 and subsequently sold it away after three months. Uh, we have Dr. Laura Chen, who is the consultant to the Kingdom of Bhutan, Agent Pang, the famous uh, Hollywood actor, uh, and a whole lot more. And today on the show, uh, we have Benny Sitio. He's the co-founder of 18 Chef. And if you haven't ever seen his face lying around all in the mall, you probably haven't been to enough more. And uh, that might be a good thing. So Benny started cooking uh, at the age of 45 in 2005. So he spent 10 years, before that, he spent 10 years getting in and out of prison. So he started Goshen and then that's where he started cooking professionally. So after which he left uh, to 15 Foundation, a foundation where uh, Jamie Oliver started to train ex-convict to empower them the necessary skills to get back, back into the workforce. Uh, so Jen, uh, Benny is actually an interesting story that is actually one of the only uh, people who are not a UK citizen but managed to talk himself uh, into the 15 Foundation. So Benny is also the author of Honest Good Food, a book uh, where he shares his collection of comfort food recipes. In this conversation, uh, we spoke about Benny's childhood packing opium. Um, why is it so hard to kick the drug habit? Benny's experience working at Jamie's Oliver's Fifteen Foundation and much, much more. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Benny CTO. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> There's so much we can talk about today and uh, I don't even know where can we begin. Maybe let's start with your name, because it's uh, Yes. Sitio. Uh, it's a very unique uh, surname and I also understand that you had actually do a bit of research and went to China uh, with uh, KF. Uh, so yeah, what's the, some history and what have you learned from the trip to China? Okay, uh, basically Sito uh, is uh, all Cantonese. So you do not have Teochew, Hokkien or other dialects. So uh, my parents, they are uh, Chinese immigrants that uh, landed in Singapore. That's uh, when I, I, I came out, my siblings. And then a couple of years uh, ago, I was uh, really, really wanted to, to, to know where I really come from. Mm -hmm. So uh, myself and KF Sito, both of us are Sito, so we, we, we took a trip to China. Yeah. And I remember KF Sito bought his whole 
family genealogy. Oh. You know, so I have nothing. You know, so just a couple of contacts uh, with the Sito clan in Hoiping. Hoiping is in Guangzhou. So we uh, go over there. You know, first thing is to makan first lah, as usual. So uh, then uh, a lot of very interesting food. Uh, we are we are we are we are we are going soon already. March we are going for another trip. So uh, yeah, uh, we 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 met some uh, 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 people from the clan, and then uh, both of us couldn't locate uh, our hometown. You know, actually I was feeling uh, a, a bit sad. You know, so uh, never mind. We came back. How long did you went for on the, uh, the trip? About a week. Wow, so you, you meet up with the context. Uh, we meet up with the context, and then uh, roughly because Piping is very big, it's not Singapore. This is a small province, it's huge. So, uh, yeah, came back and then do, uh, do some research for a totally one year with friends, contacts, and then finally mm -hmm. there's some lead. So, uh, I uh, brought my siblings. My siblings are, are, are elderly, you know. I'm, Right now I'm 57, my siblings are 70, 80 years old, grandmother, grandfather. You know, my mom gave birth to me when I was 50, when she was 50 plus. Yeah, yeah, you told me You know, that it. was uh, something, uh, that's why I say my dad is damn power, la, you know. So, uh, we, we went there, la, uh, some leads, and then finally we found the place where my dad was, uh, was born and went to my mom's uh, home where she was brought up uh, when she was a little girl and then something I found about my dad which was quite interesting Tell me. my dad is a compulsive gambler you know even in Singapore I know he, he really gambles and then uh, what I heard from the villagers we talked to one old uncle which is about 100 years old and then he told, he told me about uh, uh, my dad more about my dad that I have ever known. You know, she gambled, he gambles, and then uh, lost a, a lot of money. And then uh, one fine day, he decided to burn down the whole casino and he fled to Singapore with my mom. And then, uh, yeah, this is uh, something, you know, in still intrigues me uh, at this point of time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so what I was researching a little bit, um, you spell CTO differently from KF. Yeah. Is is there is there a difference? It depends on the on the official during the time, you know, 1960, 19, oh, right. you know. The fast uh, it's, it sounds like some of my uh, relatives uh, they, they their CTO is spelled as S I H U C H U. You know. Yeah. Then some are S Z E T O. You know, so there's a, a wide range of uh, uh, spellings uh, but basically and in Chinese, it's all written Situ. Situ, yes. Okay. Wow, that's fascinating, man. Um, and also, you, you, you told me, just casually mentioned that um, you, uh, you work in an opium den uh, yeah, in, yeah. With, your, with your family back in the days in Chinatown. Yeah, my dad was, uh, was uh, a dealer, you know. At that time, when I was born, uh, we already moved to a HDB flat, which is, uh, in 1960, it's quite happening to own a HDB flat. Rent a HDB flat, lah. Usually people are staying in kampongs. Yeah. So uh, remember when I was very young, my dad would be cooking 
uh, OPM at home. You know, with copper pans, copper utensils, it's just like the French chef now. You know, everything is copper. So, uh, yeah, so uh, when I was in about primary five, okay. you know, my dad have, has had some uh, cataract in the eye, so he can't see much. He can't really uh, have a good eyesight. So I helped my dad, uh, you know, when I was primary five. And when did, when did this whole thing first started? You know, what, what was your first recollection of sort of uh, working with that? I mean, was, was the first thing when you came to Singapore, this was the first business that he has always been in it? Or that's yeah, a... I, 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 when I was born, it's, it's like that. So uh, I can't recall uh, what my father do otherwise. You know, so uh, uh, cooking is something very normal. Cooking uh, opium is very normal. The smells of it is like, very normal. You know, it's not abnormal at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I helped him, you know, doing packaging. So I remember last time you have the 35 State Express secret box in metal, which is flats. You know, I uh, used to pack for my dad. You know, opium. Opium is a very, it's like uh, 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 some kind of like uh, slimy stuff. So you take a lot of skills. To actually put it on this, on a piece of wax paper. When you just put the whole thing, it will drop. Oh. So by primary five, I'm an expert already. Wow. So I just pack and just measure, you know, on the weighing scale and then just pack. So with 50, uh, 50 packs, 50 packs of opium and then put inside a metal box. My dad will give me five bucks. Five bucks is huge, you know. And I was his primary can, five. What can you buy with five bucks? Uh, five cents, you can take a bus from my house, Queenstown to Chinatown. Oh, wow. You know, so my dad gave me five bucks and then I just give it to the old man to push up. Oh, wait, so what? Equivalent to now, yeah. I'll be hanged uh, many times over. You know. So you just, uh, you were the one packing and then delivering to old man? Yes. Wow. He went to the old man, the, the one that going to supply to the addicts in, uh, in the evening. In Chinatown. Mm. Wow. So when I was very young, uh, I already see slabs of opium in my house. Slabs and slabs. You know. So uh, I, I remember my dad was uh, always telling me that uh, one slab is 4.4 pounds. At that time, we still haven't got metric. Oh, okay, still. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, this opium originated from a country that is going metric system. You think so? 2.2 is 1 kilowatt. That's true. You know, 4.4 4 is 2, uh, two kilowatt. So, yeah, that's what I, I recall during my younger days. And, and what was the relationship with, you know, that you and Opium? Did he, was the whole, I mean, it is as a, is illegal. Still to me, it's normal. But, that, but at that, that time, uh, yeah. at that time, uh, uh, the CMB go, don't go and disturb uh, uh, old uncle smoking opium in the Chinatown. I still remember my dad would told me that uh, when a narcotic comes, he would tell my dad, Uncle, hey, don't go and sell to the young young people. Don't go and sell to the young boys. You know, slowly, slowly smoke. You know, I remember when my dad went to the hospital to uh, 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 do something with his cataract. He was allowed to bring opium to uh, for the whole process. Right? It's not die, man. Right. So at that time, yeah. still is, uh, I, I, like I guess the, 
I guess the government don't know what to do, lah. You know, which I, I, I still very strongly believe that uh, during that time, when heroin is not in the market, this opium morphine uh, is is a very important part of uh, nation growing. Uh, to, to me, it's really you know, because uh, you, if you can imagine during those days, 60, 70 at uh, Boat Key, you know the labors carrying, you know. Sacks of, uh, of, of rice and cargoes and what you know, not what people can do. And then you have a three puff of opium, you are Superman. La. That's why I always believe. La. That's why I think, la, you know, is that part of nation growing, there's uh, what it is now, Shenton Way, you know, you have nice skyscrapers. Yes, this is an integral part of it. That, uh... It's integral part. La. It's, it's not the, the best part, but it's somehow doing the part where uh, Singapore needs a lot of uh, 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 needs to grow, is it normal? Yeah. Muscles, you know. When you can a few puff of uh, morph, uh, opium, uh, is uh, you know you can do things that normal people cannot do. Yeah. And I I found this on the internet, and I'm not sure. I just want to because I don't believe everything on the internet. Um, the name of Eighteen Chef. Um, was actually from a gang that your dad belongs to. Yes. So yes, my dad was. Uh, my dad was a a a a, a gang uh, in Chinatown, a very notorious gang. So uh, uh, if you want to go down to uh, eighteen, there's a lot of Zhao in eighteen. Eighteen is not only Salakao, Chao Egin, no, or Xiao Diho. Last time eighteen uh, during. You see, during our forefathers' day, uh, when different different dialects arrived in Singapore, you know, I told you my dad, after burning the bloody casino, he fled to Singapore. So, oh, you are Cantonese, uh, one group. You are Teochew, uh, one group. You are K, or you are Hokkien. Now, you see, the Cantonese will, will form their own uh, uh, society, uh, you know. Usually, during those days, low Kwan, usually Cantonese, lah. Uh, now you have Chapalang, even Indian also Lokwan. You know, then you have uh, Hokkien is usually uh, Sarakawa. Right, and, and Chapwe is uh, a Cantonese. My dad was okay. uh, my dad is Cantonese, but Chapwe uh, not only Sarakawa also Ji Ho, you know. Last time there's a Ji Tao called Hui Kwan, you know. You ask the old timer, uh, those old old timer uh, they will know. Yeah. This, you know. Chapwe, so Chapwe is a Kwan. gang is is a, is a conglomerate of gang. Uh, Tapwe is uh, now uh, has uh, a lot of branches. Uh. Also, like Salakao is under Tapwe. It's, it's still 18. Uh, there's a lot of rivalry. A uh, very complicated one. Uh. Yeah, it sounds like a you know, very, very complicated one. Uh. So my dad was belongs to to this uh, group. So uh, remember during my dad's fam uh, funeral, there was a reef. The reef was very special. He was a Tapwe, you know. So I asked my mom and then... And, he told me about this Tapuela. So somehow, eventually, later part of my life, I went into prison. I mixed a lot around with a lot of uh, uh, gangs. You know, during that time, uh, during my time when I was in prison, you 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 need to identify yourself uh, which gang you belong when you're in prison. You know, which gang you belongs. Why why is that? So what if you don't have a gang? You don't have gang. You got no place to 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 actually. Uh, if you stay in the dormitory, you got no place to 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 lay. During that time, lah. Okay. You know, 
and then uh, you you have no place during lunch time, you know, you maybe squat in one corner lah, you know. So uh, somehow uh, you have to be identified with a gang. So you have no gang is quite tough for you. Hard. Yes, not now. Now is a different prison uh, uh, system. Now the uh, most more comfortable. Uh, uh, I guess so, more systematic where they actually uh, have gone through so many years of experience managing. And uh, just to dig into the whole gang situation a little bit back in the days, is it more so uh, the the gang supports the sort of drug, uh, I mean, I, I guess back then it wasn't like a negative connotation of like opium being bad, but the business that that supports that is... Drugs and drugs, potential money. Definitely, during that time is rampant. Of course, now it's unheard. Now, during that time, when you want to do any kind of small business, you know, uh, depend on your vicinity. Which vicinity is uh, belongs to which gang? You know, Chinatown is big. There's so many streets. So each street is controlled by a gang. So uh, you need to uh, uh, you need to belong to a gang. If you want to do something that is uh, not so legal, uh, even even if you are doing legal businesses, you still need a gang. You need to pay some protection money, uh, depending on the vicinity. You know, where 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 which streets? Uh, uh, where are you uh, located? Located. So the one that collect during those days. Uh, I'm not talking about now. Uh. <laughs> no, but. <yeah. laughs> No, I mean, I think it's good to... I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how Singapore is kind of like and that part of history is not being written anywhere in, in, yeah. in, in books and all and only uh, true stories and we, we know that. Um, I'm curious to know, what is your sort of like first experience with drugs? Is it through the opium? Uh, I, I, I can't say... I was brought up during the hippie culture. Well, the rock anthem at that time was smoke on the water, which is a process of smoking grass. Yeah. So somehow you graduate, and you do some naughty things, you do something uh, more naughty later on. So I end up uh, uh, smoking heroin, stole my dad's opium. One day I took the whole pack of opium and put inside a kopi ola, and drank the whole thing and nearly died. You know, it was so steamy. It was so steam, I lay motionless and then cold sweat running to me, I thought I'm going to die. So it's that kind of mischief, that kind of uh, uh, inquisitive, uh, 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 curious. curious, and then somehow I thought it was going to be a passing phase. You know, any young man on the street, they have bad habits, right? As they grow older, they kick it off and then start life. Lah. So once I kena heroin, only that's it. Lah. There's uh, 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 no return. And yeah. somehow I got deeper and deeper into it. That caused me to go inside prison, BRC four or five times. Mm, mm. And, and did your dad sort of warn you about you know, this whole, like, don't do it? My dad warned all my siblings because he thought I'm the youngest. I will not get affected. <laughs> he warns all my siblings except me. That is what he told me when during his dying days, you know. <laughs> he warned all my siblings, my siblings are all paikia or, 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 or what, I said, never go and take drugs, never put tattoo, I will disown you. 
don't ever, you know, even during the last, your last breath, where you want to die, and then someone told you, you take this uh, packet of uh, opium, and then you take it, you will, you will recover. Rather go and die, don't go and take opium. That's my that's advice to my sibling. How serious that advice, you know. Go and die rather than go and take a packet of opium. And did he, did he explain why? Uh, because he has gone through. To him, uh, old-time addict, old-timer, you know, it's not, it, it's not possible to give up uh, uh, opium. No matter how uh, you want to, you, it, it's, never it's never possible unless you change the whole blood system. That's my dad's, my dad's uh, 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 explanation of uh, uh, drug recovery. You know, that means you pump in new blood and then you change the whole the system, you might. You know, that's what my dad's thought of uh, 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 recovering from drug addiction. You said, prove him wrong. Lah. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. And, and your sibling all didn't do it? Didn't. Nobody have just said that. miss you. He just didn't tell it to you. Yes. Because at that time, Although I do this uh, packing of uh, opium, is uh, just a, a normal thing. I go to school, I got good grades, you know. Pass with flying colours and then, you know. And somehow that he never think that uh, he need to remind me. And in the first prison experience in 83, did you... Have already had the intention before even going into the prison, um, have the intention to kick the habit. You ask every drug addict, they have intention to quit the habit. You ask every drug addict, do you want to be a drug addict? He will say no. And then why do you want to go back? Uh, there's a, a, a question mark there. Nobody can answer. You know, inside the prison, you can swear, I will never go back to drugs again, because this is a very tough life in a prison. Once you step out, it's a different story. Right, but even before you went in in 83, yeah. did you already say, I don't want, or only after then, uh, when you got out? When you're high, you say you'll never go back to drugs. Huh? When the withdrawal symptoms sets in, then you, 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 you hunt for it. And you were almost in and out of prison for four times for the and the, and the time span of ten years, and maybe five times to be exact. He, what lifetime? Five times. Five times. If you can just take a step at answering this question, this which is why is it so hard to kick the habit? Okay. If you ask a drug addict, what? How do you? How can you explain uh, when, when you're on high on heroin? So you, you ask... Uh, I try to ask a lot of friends, they, they couldn't answer. So some years back, I wrote a book. And uh, I explained... Uh, uh, I, I wrote it down how it feels when you're high on drugs. It's 100 times better than sex. It's 100 times better than sex. And this is uh, uh, who can uh, who can just want to uh, who, who who will not succumb to that kind of uh, that kind of uh, uh, temptations. Which uh, later on I asked my friends. I, I think this is one of the best description uh, according to my friends. Uh, because they cannot explain 
you know, because uh, if you possess 15 grams of uh, heroin, uh, you're going to be hanged, you know, you think drug addicts are stupid, uh, you know. You just put 15 grams of uh, heroin in your pocket, you cross the street and you got caught and then you, you will be hanged, you know. People still wonder why. Uh. Uh, my explanation is because it's 100 times better than sex. And this is, this is specifically heroin. Heroin. It's not about mischief anymore, you know. It's not about mischief. You want to beat the system. It's uh, so shook, you know. You, 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 when you, 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 are, uh, you, you are a filmmaker, uh, your, your, your capacity is only up to here. When you can heroin, uh, you, you will never imagine your, your, your capacity can go up to here or maybe higher. That's why most artists are, are, are heroin addicts, especially musicians. You know, when you can come up with ideas until here only, uh, when you can uh, the steam, uh, it can go much, much higher. I mean, so you, you I mean, it's, it's more, more than just uh, uh, human strength. It's also creativity as well. Creativity, definitely, is creativity. Most of the drug addicts I know are very creative people. And there are, there are also other drugs in the mix. Why is heroin so much more, uh, I guess, addictive than the others? Uh, most of uh, the drugs I see now, uh, they are... They are, they are uh, they're addictive uh, mentally, not so physically. Heroin is something uh, is uh, really mentally, physically, hundred uh, percent uh, uh, irresistible, you know, kind of drugs. How would you? I mean, let's just take another drugs, uh, maybe marijuana, for example, okay. right? How would you describe the difference when uh, the the withdrawal you, kicks you in? You have the, the the physical withdrawal. You know, you just yearn to smoke marijuana just like you yearn to smoke a, uh, a stick of cigarettes. You know. And that's it lah. And don't have, don't have lah. Heroin cannot. Uh, the feeling is, uh, uh, you, you have, uh, you vomit, you diarrhea, you, 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 you have physical pain. You know, physical pain you, is tolerable. You know, you have uh, millions of, the feeling of millions of ants just crawl, uh, in your bones, in your cranium, you cannot scratch. It's that, 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 that kind of feeling, you just want to bang the, your head on a wall, and then you got high fever, you know. Then you go and rush to the, the cold tap and just have a splash, you know. And then uh, it will give you some uh, uh, relief for a couple of seconds, then the heat come again, you know, that, that kind of a physical withdrawal. And I guess after you go in the, the prison, you have this whole period of kotaki, which is what you just said. And then coming out, you have no more kotaki. Why do people still you know, go back? Because now it's not physical anymore. It's in the mind. The mind is the most difficult, the most difficult aspect of uh, rehabilitation. You know, you, you cannot beat your mind and then you, 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 you just can't. Uh, literally, when I see heroin, you know, during those early years of rehabilitation, my knees wobble, literally wobble, you know, and then uh, I would just give in.
if a ex-offender uh, or ex-drug addict specifically were to come up to you and ask how to get clean, what would you uh, say to them? How to get clean? I mean, so they, have, they, are, they are in prison, they got out, and they want to stay clean. What will you tell them? Live one day at a time. Today you are not on drugs, you thank God. Can you live one day at a time? You can't, never mind. Live one hour at a time. After you are able to live one hour at a time, one day at a time, live one week at a time. I'm still adopting this, this principle. No? Okay. So uh, if you ask me what, uh, what I'm going to do in the next five years, I don't know. You can ask me. Uh, I, I will not talk about five years' time, I talk about now. If today, the whole day, the whole week, the whole month, the whole year, I'm not on drugs, I thank God. You know. In as much as it's important to, well, say if I can have that, that strategy of just, just leave one hour. So they just, what, stuck, put them, keep themselves in the room or? Uh, uh, there's many ways. So right now, I've come to a point that I've come to a point that I will not be affected by drugs anymore. I confidently say. Uh, How did you get to this point? I, 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 because of my, my faith, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I believe my God has took away that desire already. So uh, I can meet with very difficult situations in life, in business, in uh, whatever problems uh, I'm going through, the last thing I would think is drugs. Uh. So, not trying to say that I'm a perfect person. I'm not perfect at all. Yeah, yeah. You know. So in this area, I know I'm settled already. Okay. So in life, I have struggled in many, many areas. And and and, what would you recommend them not to do? Like, what is things that they should avoid at all costs um, when they first get out? There's nothing to avoid. Uh, there's so many theories, don't go back to your old friends, uh, don't, don't stick around with your watch. And there's nothing to avoid. Because as long as you are live in Singapore, you will meet your friends. You don't meet him today, you meet him next week. Or maybe you, uh, three months later, unexpectedly, you meet your friend and then suddenly your whole uh, mind or your whole uh, confidence crumple and then you go back to drugs. As long as you're in Singapore, you're going to meet your friends. Uh. But I would say that don't purposely, for nothing to do, you go and visit your old friends and, 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 and go and uh, have a drink in a coffee shop, have, have too much of what. You, you, you don't purposely go and look for your friends. I'm not trying to say you don't, you have to avoid, there's nothing to avoid. Lah. You know, even if you go to another country and meet your friends, lah, then how? So there's nothing to avoid. Just uh, uh, do your parts. Uh, uh, always remember you live a day at a time. You would, know. would you recommend them to join the church? Uh, I, 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 I can't say because uh, church is one thing that helps me. Okay. Uh, uh, different people have different faith. I see a lot of Muslims also give up drugs. I see a lot of Buddhists also give up drugs. I see a lot of atheists also give up drugs. You know. So the thing is, uh, uh, I, I don't want to... Uh, 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 talk too much about my faith. I think my faith that has helped me and helped a lot of my friends. That uh, I, I would practically say that I see a lot of my colleagues, you know, they are more terror than me.
You already give up drugs already. You know, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever you, you, you name it. You know. When, when you first got out of drugs, I think you um, briefly mentioned it's because of um, this huge uh, physical illness that you have that sort of propel you. Like a, it's part of it. Yeah. I don't want to dramatize that, that, that one. That also somehow uh, uh, wakes me up yeah. while I was in prison. So uh, it can be a very dramatic story to tell uh, on this platform. Like, I don't want I, I just I doesn't want to, to sure. continue with that. And then somehow it re reminds me of my faith. Mm. Somehow then uh, I take life seriously, you mm. know. And then uh, I, I I continue to 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 to, to uh, better myself and then move on in life. How long is the time period where you can say right now that? I'm not tempted with drug anymore. Uh, I ask a lot of my friends, they, 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 they still humbly uh, uh, claims that they are uh, recovering addicts. Uh. I have to say that uh, I'm a recovering addict, but uh, I have a very, I have that kind of uh, very, very strong uh, conviction that my God, it took away all this desire already, you know. I, I don't really need to go back to drugs in whatever situation, you know. Uh, during my, re, uh, my, 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 my days of my rehabilitation till today, my mom passed away, which I'm very sad, you know. There's one time when I came out and worked, my first, uh, my payday, I lost all my money, including my boss money. You know, these are the things that uh, a lot of drug addicts will, 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 will go back to drugs, will give themselves excuse to go back to drugs. I've gone through a lot of uh, setbacks uh, in my business, you know, uh, I'm not doing well, I owe uh, a lot of money and then I, I, I nearly, I, 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 I was in the verge of just uh, end my life, but I, I never think of drugs, uh. I never uh, uh, thought of drugs. There's one, one incident which I think uh, I want to share is uh, uh, during, uh, I think it's 2010. Uh, my business was at its lowest level, at its lowest level. I owe a lot of money. Yeah, that's... I would uh, say technically I'm bankrupt. Correct. You know, a lot of thoughts came into my mind. How many stores was there? Three. Three, Three. okay. You know, a lot of thoughts went into my mind. Hey, Alama. You know, because uh, I, I've invested my whole life in this business. Eh. To fear is not an option. I cannot fear one, no. I fear everything gone, no. You know. So one day, I, I, I was in a very, very, uh, my, my morale was very low. And then suicidal thoughts uh, are, are, are always coming to me. And then uh, later on, I realized it's very normal. A lot of entrepreneurs and suicidal thoughts. <clears throat> one day, I went out to, to a coffee shop downstairs to, 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 to have breakfast. And then when I came out, I'm, I'm still very, very sad, very down, low morale. And then I, I was staying at ninth floor. So I pressed the leaf, going back to my, my ninth floor, press on the ninth. While I was pressing on the ninth, the leaf door closed. I looked down. I saw something very familiar. I picked it up. It was one straw of heroin. No. One straw of heroin. Kau kau no. That one, uh, you cannot three napas, uh, you fly. No. So the first thought that came in my mind, hey, 
Then uh, I was at the, 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 the lowest point of my life really. Just to get a tin foil, you know, just uh, uh, cut off that straw and just uh, take a few puffs. Who knows, man? I'm not on urine test, you know. A lot of things went through my mind. So the leaves go second, fourth, third floor. I'm still holding it. Somehow the leaves open at ninth floor, the leaf door open. Still the hair is on my hand. So I step out, I throw away that, that, that straw of hair. Now, my house downstairs was actually uh, a construction site okay. uh, doing some kind of uh, MLT. Uh, last time I was staying at uh, Tolo Blangala. You know, they, they, are, they are doing this uh, MLT thing. That was a turning point of my life. Uh. That was a turning point of my life. After that incident, uh, after that incident, uh, things began to uh, turn better. 2010, that happens in 2011. My business uh, has, a, uh, has a, a, a big turn. And then somehow it, it, it becomes better in 2012. 2012 today. That was one of my biggest, that was uh, one of the biggest uh, turning points. I would have given and took the three puff and that's it. Uh. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, let's go back a little bit from your, for your first store uh, in 2000, Goshen. 2005. 2005, okay. Uh, at Geelang, right? Yeah. yeah dude. It, it didn't work out. There's a lot of reasons why it didn't work out. Um, yeah, what, what happened there? Can maybe tell us a little bit of the uh, history of that, that store too. And, mm. uh, that was my first... And you also hired ex-offenders yeah. for that store, right? Yeah. Prior to 2005, the start of Goshen, I was... Uh, I, I, I never... I have never worked in a restaurant before. Never... Uh, uh, work in the F&B environment before. The only time I work in a uh, 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 F&B environment is when I was in the prison. I was a tea boy. I cook for the waters, the superintendents. So somehow, uh, 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 goes back to many many day years ago when I was a young kid. I love to cook, uh, you know. And then uh, I can actually, uh, you let me taste something. I, I can just whip up. Uh, you know, I can replicate well. So, uh, later years when I go and stay in halfway houses and uh, I, 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 I began to develop uh, this cooking kind of uh, cooking uh, uh, thing. So, uh, you know, in halfway houses, which I stay is most Chinese New Year, all the residents cannot go out. Uh, they cannot go and join their family for reunion dinners. So, I cook them 10 course uh, 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 reunion dinner. La. You know, when you go to a banquet, you have your codies, you have your shark fins, you have whatever. I can replicate very well. So that was the first time I, 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 I embarked on this uh, food business, Chinese restaurant, 200 seaters. 200 seaters? 200 seaters. This is big, right? In-house only, my friend. Outside is a 200 seater alfresco. You know what I did? What? I bought a chef uniform. Print my name there. Executive chef. Benny Sito, I've never worked in a restaurant before, never worked in a kitchen before. But uh, uh, I guess I'm able to whip out uh, 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 
reasonably good food, do a 10 course dinner, which I did for a New Year reunion dinner during my uh, sting at this. Somehow uh, it doesn't work because of many reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is I guess I do not have uh, uh, management skills. Second reason is uh, I do not uh, have, uh, I, 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 I hire too many ex-offenders. Uh, why do I say that? Because uh, drug addiction is very contagious. If uh, one is on drug, it will affect the other guy, the other guy will affect the other guy. It's just a domino, it's a domino effect. It will just collapse. So, uh, due to many, many reasons, uh, these are two, uh, two main reasons. And uh, it doesn't work. Lah. So, that was 2005. And you didn't hire anyone to come help you be, your, be at your side. Everyone is just sort of service staff. Uh, uh, no, 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 we have chef, we, we, we have, uh, you know, somehow I pao kali out. Everything I do, uh, so uh, it doesn't work that way when you, you do your investment business. So 2006, the next year, I, I went to work with Jamie Oliver in UK and then to gather some experience. So how did you first heard about this? Even well, I was cooking at Goshen. I have a lot of regular customers. Okay. Huh? Uh, I got a who's who uh, as my customer list during okay. that time. Okay. I, got the, I remember the OCBC three bosses, the big bosses. Uh, they'll come for lunch. I still remember uh, uh, a lot of, you know, shovel driven and then they come to my restaurant. And then someone told me that hey, there's this guy in the UK called Jamie Oliver. He's also doing the same thing like you, you know, hiring as a vendor. So in my heart, I say, who the hell is this Jamie Oliver? I don't know. I never heard of him. So what I did was I Google. And uh, comes out 15 Foundation. And then uh, I, there was a chat room. So the, 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 the CEO of uh, 15 Foundation was uh, a, a, a British guy called Liam Black. You know, he's the CEO of 15, uh, which Jamie Oliver's uh, restaurant. Uh, so he has a forum, he has a, a chat room. So everybody in the world was asking him about food, about Jamie Oliver, about... Uh, so I asked him this question. Hey, Mr. Liam, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Singaporean. I, I run a restaurant hiring as offender, but uh, I, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm very well equipped with the know-how. Can I uh, come and join uh, this uh, program as an apprentice or what? Then he replied me, he said, it's, it's not possible, no way, it's only for a British. So uh, what I did was, uh, I never gave up. Every two days, I asked him the same question. And you private message him? Then uh, he said, I told you already, we only for British. So the next thing I did was, every day I asked him, until he fed out of me now. You know, so uh, he said, okay, okay, okay. I replied to emails. Before that, it was just in the forum. Forum, okay. You know, then somehow I was uh, given an opportunity. So I grabbed this opportunity to slide out in the kitchen. Uh. What, what was the point uh, at Goshen? Has it already been closed when you left? Uh, when I went to UK, it's still open. Uh, when I went over there, uh, it closed. There's many reasons. Uh, there's many, many reasons which I don't want to uh, wash dirty linens. 
in the public. You know, if you want to, yeah, I just doesn't want to uh, continue to, I want to move on from there. So it closed and then uh, I, I completed my internship, came back. Is there a specific thing that you wanted to learn when you go to 15? What, was, what to, was that? Uh, I've never worked in a restaurant before. I opened Goshen, I'm the executive chef, I plan the menu, everything, you know. I want to go to the next restaurant where I want to see how this famous celebrity chef in UK is able to uh, run a very successful uh, uh, restaurant business and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a six-month reservation kind of uh, thing, you know. Oh, wow. You don't walk in and just have a meal kind of, kind of uh, 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 restaurant. No? Six months. Is this still six months? This sounds a lot. I, I remember uh, 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 it was not during my time then. Uh. Okay. One day Bill Clinton and his whole entourage actually make a reservation at Jamie's Oliver restaurant. So uh, Jamie Oliver's restaurant is uh, every morning 8 o'clock we will gather together. Hey chef, what do you have inside your, 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 your kitchen? Uh, what do you have in the kitchen? Pasta department, what do you have? Uh, you know, then they write a menu every day, well, no? So, in another words, uh, I cook what you eat, what, uh, you don't ask questions. Uh. You want to make reservation, same goes to you. So, I think one of the aides of uh, uh, Bill Clinton uh, uh, told Jim Oliver that, uh, hey, the president, the president don't, don't eat certain, certain things, can you do what? So, I think Jim Oliver tell him, uh, eat, eat, don't want to eat, just Voila, uh, you know, so that kind of, uh, uh, so it's really eye-opener for me. What's the real, you know, world-class restaurant, and then from there, I, I get, I learned a lot of things. Yeah, I learned a lot, a lot of your, your experience over at uh, 15. Before I, I was there, I don't even know what is, uh, what is uh, uh, tenderloin, what is uh, uh, olio, what is a beef bolognese, I don't know. I'm uh, mainly a Chinese chef, he asked me how to make rendang maybe. I still can. Uh, so that was a real big eye-opener for me. La. So uh, I just work in different uh, 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 departments. And so I, I somehow, I can't say I learned everything. La. I have a glimpse of what, how a restaurant should be run professionally. Came back to Singapore. I worked, for, I worked in a restaurant for a little while. And then uh, 207, 18 Chef was started. You didn't manage to get to meet with Jamie. One day I was at the Trattoria first floor. I saw Jamie Oliver, my legs shiver, man. So uh, I was work I work in the main restaurant. Uh. The main restaurant is in the basement. So uh, upstairs is the Trattoria where I think you do need six month reservation. Uh. So one day I meet him there, I, I didn't want to talk to him. I, I, I somehow, I was not as uh, uh, outspoken as uh, right now I am. I'm a very shy person. I can't even uh, talk well. I can't even. Uh, I, I, I have a very low self esteem. I, I, I always uh, talk to someone, I dare not look into his eyes. I always feel validated, that kind of. Uh, you know. I was 55 then. 55 years old, I was a trainee, roughing it out with uh, a lot of uh, British kids. 15 years old, 16 years old, you know. So uh, that's that, that, that kind of environment. Uh. So I met him, I dare not talk to him, I regretted. But I, I work closely with uh, Jamie Oliver Seafood. Eh. 
Jamie Italian. You know Jamie Italian? Yeah. Italian is a guy, you know. His uh, mentor, which is called Gennaro Contado. Yes, some of his shows. Yeah, yes, uh, yes I was, uh, he's always taking care of me in the kitchen. So if I'm uh, 8 a.m. shift, I finish work at 4 p.m., uh, he will walk me to the, 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 the station. Uh. You know, very nice Italian mafia with leather jacket kind of. Uh, yeah, that's a good experience. And and Liam Black, any um, interaction with him? Uh, Liam Black. Uh, Finally, you are the one who keep pestering me. Uh, I, I went there. He was a really very really nice guy. He's a CEO of uh, CEO of uh, uh, Fifteen Foundation. He answered every email. You know, I wish I could be like him, lah. You know, sometimes I think I'm so busy already. He still asks me this. Everybody is asking me, you know, to do a film or do a what and do something. I, but he answered every every single request. This is this is this man is admirable. Yes, even an insignificant Singaporean asked him, uh, "Is possible to do an internship?" I already tell you so many times now, you still kind of disturb me, you still answer my uh, request, spoke to me through email. Then I, 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 I booked a, a flight to UK and stay in a hostel, go and work, you know. When you came back to Singapore uh, and started 18 Chef, because you mentioned there's a, a mentorship program over at 15, which is the 2 to 1. Uh, two, two, two chef to one uh, ex offender. Um, did you adopt that? Yes, I adopted that uh, initially. Okay. I have a crew about 12 or 15. I hired one ex offender only. The rest are, are, are probably not ex offender. So uh, as I grow the company, at a, uh, at a point of time, I have. Uh, I have 50% of my staff are ex-offender, which is hard to handle. So right now, I, 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 when I'm talking to you, I have about at least more than 100 ex-offender working in my organization. I have, uh, it's about 20 over percent, you know, which is uh, manageable because we have come up, we have built a system, and then somehow uh, my uh, there's a, a, a group of ex offender now they're in my management level. They look after the younger ones. So as the younger grows, they look after the younger. So there is a system now in all my owners and then they will, they will be uh, systematically assimilated to the system. They will be trained, you know. And then uh, that's where they want to build a career, move on in life, one day at a time, one week at a time, one year at a time. And, and move on from there. So what is, I mean, tell us a bit about this system because I read that the first thing HR policy does is that they plan the career path of yeah, every day, individual. The first day any employers, any employees step into my organization, whether they are ex-convict or non-ex-convict, or whether they are full of tattoo or no tattoo, the first day they come into my organization, I already plan a career path for for you. Let me just give you an example of one of my uh, friends. Uh, well, uh, he, came, he, he was with me about six, seven years. Anyway, 18 Chef is 10 years. And uh, coming up with a 
as a chef, as a cook. Uh, can't even speak English, cannot understand uh, English. So, cook. Uh, and then uh, what he did was every day he will bring back the whole stack of food dockets. Food dockets are, are slips when uh, an order is fired and then you've got this and then you got to read. You cannot read how you're going to cook. Right, so he bring the whole stack home and memorize. Memorize until you see only you know what to cook. You know. And then uh, even if a customer says, well, I want more chili, less garlic, you also can see. Just by memorizing. Now he's my executive sous chef uh, in my office. Taking charge of about at least five outlets now. Uh, uh, in charge of the food costing of the, that five outlets. Uh, that's the kind of career path I'm talking about. You know, and uh, many more stories like that. And, and why did you implement uh, this policy? Because this is not something that maybe your 15 does, right? No, no, no. I have to be very relevant. This 21st century already. Singaporeans don't need a job. They need a dream. You must help them to, to attain that, that, that dream, you know. You can ask Singaporeans to work in F&B, they will never want to work. So I have to uh, uh, plan it for them. You know, anybody can see this guy, Abing, cannot even read English now. He's in the management level, you know. So this is example for you to follow. You can be like him, lah. You, you learn and work hard, lah. And on the note of marketing, you take a huge stance not to use hiring ex offenders as a marketing angle? Yes, never. Why? Because uh, I, I, if you walk into my restaurant, it's just a restaurant. You don't see ex-offender uh, pictures. You don't, look, you don't see a yellow ribbon, which I, 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 I really don't love, like the idea. Because if one of my chefs make it in life, succeeded, it's not because of any campaign. It's because of, they work hard for it. They want to change. They want a better life for the family. They work hard and then they continue to grow and then they're successful. It's not because of any campaign. So I, I, I hate the idea of uh, using that to, 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 to market the, the restaurant. That's, that's how stubborn I am. You know. Yeah, no, and, and I think the, um, the whole stigma with uh, yellow ribbon it's still a stigma. Yeah, it's still a stigma because people have been still keep using it. Yes, because they think, oh, you, you, you are, you, you, now you change. Oh, wow, good man for this ribbon, for this ribbon thing, you know. So I think that it's not true, leh. you know. So it's still that they help themselves. And then, and the worst thing I see is, uh, uh, if, if you go down to the hawker center, you see people using that ribbon thing to sell certain items, a selling pen for $10. This is very disgusting to me. Now. I think it make the whole uh, ex-offender, uh, make, you know, make us very low. Leh. You know, I approach some of them and say, I can provide you a job. But that one is faster money. Now. So, you know, they choose to... Oh, they never take up your, your offer? Yeah. Mm. You probably have seen a lot of social enterprise around in Singapore that pop up and you know yeah. and are gone the next moment. Why you know why do they keep failing and failing 
and failing? And then what did they not get that, that, that you see that they didn't see? Uh, I guess they are uh, uh, most social entrepreneur or aspiring social entrepreneur are a very kind-hearted person. They just want to help, 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 help. So the question I want to ask, where is the money from? Where the money come from? You know, you, I guess you must have a business plan. You must have a good business plan. You know, one lesson I've learned is uh, 2010 where I couldn't pay my areas for my shop at, uh, at Tiongbao Plaza. The, they sent me a law letter. That wakes me up. This is life, man, brother. You know, you cannot pay. Uh, I'm going to sue you, man. You sign a 3 plus 3 for me, you know. I realize that making money is damn important there. If you can't help yourself, uh, you, how, how can you help any, any, anybody, any people around you? So if you cannot help yourself, don't try not to talk about helping others. Uh. So I, I, I wake up from this uh, 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 whole idea, I really wake up. Then I, I, I always say that uh, the business aspect is very important. And if you will tell me uh, social enterprise uh, is not, uh, making money is not important, uh, then uh, myself change it to a charity better. Ask for donation, uh, you know. Social enterprise, the word enterprise already is telling you that you need to work out, do a good business with that uh, resources. You have a lot of people. That's why I say that. Uh, yeah la. If they do not, they are, maybe their weakness is they are too kind-hearted. And on the note of F&B uh, businesses, um, you say that you know if you want to destroy the life of your enemy, <laughs> just ask them to start an F&B business. Why? 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 Why is that uh, so? There's so much people wanting to start a cafe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, when they. When they start, then they know, you know. This, uh, uh, this is my advice to a lot of uh, aspiring restaurant owners. First thing, you must have a lot of money. If you ask me uh, right now, uh, a very direct uh, uh, advice is, uh, if you're thinking of doing a half a million dollar restaurant business, uh, sell up everything, uh, make sure you have three million dollars in your bank, you know. First few months you're gonna lose money. Maybe the first year you're gonna every 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 month lose money. Maybe two years you're gonna lose money already. Uh, whether it will take off or not, uh, still don't know yet. You know. So uh, why, why are so many people so 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 excited about you know starting FMB business? It's glamorous to be a restaurant owner, la, you know. Nowadays people thought that hey I own a cafe, wow. You know. Uh, it's 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 so damn easy, man. Damn stylo, man. My peers will look at me. Wow, you are successful. You run. Everybody wants to be a restaurant owner, but uh, they they have to, you know, uh, must have a lot of money, lah. And you mentioned to you hire the people, hire people with top dollars, right? Some of the people in the organization. So, what? skills do they have, you know, that would make you hire them with top dollars? They must have IQ. Lor. I told you I do not have IQs. Huh? 
they must know how to solve my problem. Uh, even if I'm going to have a holiday in Spain, you know, they must solve my problem. I need to be notified every hour or two hours. I need to know what is happening in my restaurant. You know, so uh, these are people. I hire the best people in the market in my top management team. You know, so that uh, they make sure that uh, uh, they 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 uh, able to. Uh, run my business successfully. And so, let's just say, for example, um, someone would like to work in top management. What do you think are some of the most important skills one should actually start learning already? Top management, you need to teach me what to do, man. You know, I don't teach you what to do. I'm going to teach the normal people what to do. You need to advise me how I'm going to manage it financially, you know, in certain things that I don't know how to do. HR, I don't know nothing about HR. I need a, a, a very professional HR which has worked in top companies to advise me what to do now. Got it. All right, so let's uh, dive into a quick round of questions. Uh, the answers is quick. The uh, question is quick, but you know you need to answer okay. quick. So other than uh, your books, are there any uh, other books or, or books that you would like to recommend? I don't read a lot, I must confess, so uh, I, I don't recommend any, any, any books. Any uh, favourite documentary or... Documentaries, I'm always edited to the GeoNet channel and then... Uh, and uh, recently I saw uh, a very interesting uh, uh, documentary about Cordyceps, you know, Tong Chong Chao. Is it Tong Chong Chao? And I see how the Tibetans, the, the Nepalese actually, they, they went to the highest, uh, coldest part of the mountain and then they are going to hunt for Kodisap. It's alive and death for them, you know. And then uh, they, uh, after that, they transport it in Hong Kong, you know. Those medicine herbs are very big in Hong Kong. They are selling for millions of dollars, which really intrigues me to today. And then I, I, I you know, this kind of... Uh, 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 a documentary really relaxed me after a hard day's work. What have you purchased under $100 that have uh, most impacted your life? $100 most impacted my life. Below $100. Uh, below $100 oh, around. Uh, around $100. Uh, I would say... I can't really think of... Uh, uh, what I bought uh, under hundred dollars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I recently I, 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 I got some porcelain, uh, f uh from uh, uh, I think uh, there's a fifty plates, uh, very, very nice plates, which was uh, 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 uh used for uh, SIA first class. I don't know whether is it good to say SIA. No? Because they're going to clear most of their possibly very nice uh, one whole box, less than hundred bucks. So I, I go and buy la. I still haven't used uh. So I love to uh, invite friends to my house to eat with a with a nice crockery. I think there's something a, 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 a chefs is interesting interested to do la. You know. Um, if your chef friends from the UK were to come down uh, to Singapore. 
what are three places that you'll bring them to? Yeah, I remember, yeah, some uh, years ago, my uh, my chef boss in uh, 15 came and then uh, first thing he asked me, hey, I'm going to get some uh, oriental knives. You know, chef loves knives, I don't know. Uh, you know, so brought him to Temple uh, Street. Uh, what, uh, St. Huat, is it? I don't want to... Well, so uh, he was so uh, excited about, you know, those uh, knives, and then and, uh, I just need to bring them to uh, Chinatown for food. La. Although Chinatown has lost its charm, la, sad to say, you know. And then uh, they still, uh, uh, I'm still proud of bringing them to uh, our hawker centers. Yeah. If uh, what what food do you or what store actually what store and food do do you you know would you bring them to? Uh, I mean, if you have the time, if you have the time. Yeah, I have the time. Uh, I bring uh, him to one of uh, uh, Zhu Cha store. Which one? Uh, I would recommend K E K. It's uh, a, a good friend, and then uh, good foods uh, at Jalan Bukit Merah Lane. K E K. K E K. K and then E, e and then, then K. K. Uh, uh, okay. Seafood. Uh, uh, you know, and what this? Uh, crabs, cheese crabs, affordable. Right, and you go to the East Coast part, where they even slaughter you like mats. And this one is uh, more. I, I love to. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good uh, local zi cha, uh, 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 dishes with uh, at affordable price. So chili crab. If you were to go there, crab and uh, salted egg yolk crab and. And fish dishes and prawns. Okay, K-E-K. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I'll be to KEK. All right. Yeah. Is, is there anywhere else? Or just anywhere uh, else? Uh, there's a, there's a, Okay, I will bring him to uh, look for this. Uh, in Chinatown, probably eat the braised duck at my friend's store, Melvin Chu's Jing uh, Ji, uh, selling Law Awan. Where in Chinatown? Uh, Chinatown Hawker Centre. Is it in the complex? The yeah, complex. Oh, I bring him down to the Jalan Besar uh, uh, Eat One Time You know, ah, and okay, this okay, uh, okay, yeah, uh, Linda, uh, my, my, my good friend also. And then probably bring them to uh, Take Out Market, go and eat hae mee. Uh. The, the normal 3-4 bucks hae mee, normal one. Uh. Oh. Or maybe bring them to uh, my hawker friend, oh. Douglas Ng. Douglas you know, Ng. the fish story, fish ball story. No. He's the one uh, young, 26-year-old, good-looking uh, hawker pruner. Uh, till this day, still doing his fish ball uh, artisanally, oh. you know. Well, uh, well. Still refuse to, to, to let the... Uh, what you call the the, the supplier okay. to do? He wants it to be the real original during 1960, where the uncle uses hand left hand to squeeze the fish meat and then to do it one by one. These are a couple of uh, hawkers there. Okay, so uh, Douglas, what's his name of Douglas the Ng. Douglas Ng, and then the uh, name of the ball story or something fish like that. Story. They have one store at this uh, uh, Timber Plus. Oh, okay. Oh. So it's the only uh, young man to 26 years old. Yeah. So, Wantami at Jalan Besar. Yes. Um, Law I at this uh, hawker center. Chinatown. Chinatown and Hemi in uh, Tekka. Uh, 
Uh, I'm talking about three, four dollars. I'm not talking no, about no, those. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, those affordable, lah. Yes, you know, yes. good food must be affordable. If good food is expensive, then uh, I, I, I would think twice, ah. Okay. Uh, what is the worst advice you see or hear being dispensed in your world? Hey, go and open a restaurant, ah. Hey, wow, very, very, you know. Then open a few more, lah. This, this is the the worst advice, ah. This is the worst advice. Any advice for your 25-year-old and 40-year-old self and play, place us where you're at? 25-year-old, you still uh, have to go through a lot of failures. It's okay to fail, you know. And then when you're 40... Uh, where were you at, at 25? 25, I'm in the prison. Uh, 40, uh, you still have a lot of time. I became a chef when I was 45. Oh, so when I see, uh, when I really see money coming in, is and I'm 50 plus. Oh, so my point is, uh, if I can become a chef in 45, uh, when you are below 45, uh, you uh, can do anything you want. Uh, don't be... Uh, uh, Restricted by your age, you know, you have to uh, adapt to changes. Huh? When you think of the word successful, who came into your mind and successful. why? Successful, who came into my mind? I find that uh, I can't think of uh, anyone that is successful, depending on how you measure success. You measure success by the house you stay, the type of how you stay, or the car you drive, or the credit card you have, or the amount of money in the bank. I always measure success uh, uh, in the sense that uh, you, you are doing something uh, uh, each day that uh, you enjoy doing, you love your work, you love uh, uh, what you are doing. I love my job, you know. I love that uh, I can uh, run a successful restaurant business and I can actually impact uh, many lives. I think I'm successful. I think I'm successful in this sense. Do you have any uh, routines or habits that uh, help you achieve your daily, monthly and yearly goals? Uh, as I say uh, earlier on that uh, I do not have a certain amount of years planned or by what year I am going to. But for the past years that uh, I, I, as I share with you, uh, I grow the business uh, one shop after another. Is and When I see opportunity, I grab. You know, when I see opportunity, I just grab. You know, I... Uh, to me, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Will you envisage that Trump become the president of America? You will not know. So, uh, I, I, I would not... Uh, I, I, I still adopt that uh, one day at a time, one year at a time kind of uh, philosophy in life. Yeah, so, I would not say that uh, no matter how, uh, what kind of discipline... I remember during those days when uh, each month I only do 20,000 sales. So if today my sales for the restaurant is uh, 
only three hundred dollars. I I have to be very thankful, you know. Then as it grows, uh, my sales today is thousand dollar. I am thankful. So it drops to two hundred dollar. I have to be thankful. But uh, I I think you are thankful with the small little things. Then uh, I think uh, uh, that is the most important thing. Uh, somehow, as my business grow, I'm I'm really thankful, you know. And uh, I I I, I will, that's the only way I can answer that question. Um, what are some of the most common misconceptions about you or your work? I always uh, uh, look fierce on the camera or, or photos. Uh, I, I think, uh, rest assured, I'm not a very fierce person. I'm a very friendly. If you talk to me, I, I can, I can uh, have a lot of things to, to, to relate to you. Yes, uh, I, uh, probably you might think that the chefs will love to uh, eat at uh, expensive restaurant. I must uh, I really uh, want to tell you that I, I love to eat chakwe tiao or your mi um, kwa or your chicken rice. So uh, I don't... I, I, I love to eat at Hawker Centre. So Hawker Centre is something very close to my heart. I, I don't go to Atta's restaurant to eat. Unless I want to learn something from that restaurant. You know, unless I want to uh, 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 replicate uh, something for my own restaurant. Yeah. Are there any uh, asks or requests uh, for the audience who are listening? You know, do I want them to think about a question, uh, read a book, or you know, go to a restaurant? Is there anything? Uh, uh, I can't think of uh, nothing. Uh, where can people find? Uh, you or your projects uh, on the internet? Uh, I would just say come to my Facebook uh, page. I may not be able to uh, accept uh, a request that I, I don't uh, really know. And uh, probably if your Facebook request you do not have a profile picture on on you know on your page, I, I will not accept definitely. I want to know. Uh, the person, my Facebook friends, I don't know who he is or who she is. Uh. And uh, 15 Chef, just go on the website. Uh, 18 Chef. 18, 18, 18 Chef. chef. Sorry. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Yo, people, it is over. So as usual, all short notes, links, books can be found on the website brianvictor.com, Brian for why. And if you have any misfits you'd like to hear from, feel free to drop me an email. Just tell me why you'd like to hear from them and what do you want to learn from them, what kind of questions you want to ask. Thank you again so much for giving me your time and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, for people anywhere in the world, I hope you have a fantastic week. Hey.